Hello and good morning, everybody. It's Friday. We have made it. It is a great feeling, isn't it? Uh, welcome on into Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. I am just glad to be here. Uh, I thought last night I was going to have myself a good old time. I was at Madison Square Garden. I was there for the Knicks-Nuggets game, obviously defending NBA champions against one of the top teams in the East. You assume we're going to have a back-and-forth battle, a very competitive game, but my friends, I'm here to tell you, which, you know, if you're watching any bit of the NBA, you're probably aware by now. It was a horrible, horrible game. I mean, even from the very beginning, truthfully, I mean, I was watching the game. I was like, is is Denver awake? All of them just seemed like they were sleeping. Like they just, I felt like their eyes were rolling into the back of their heads and they just like were not there. And I was like, is it jet lag? What's the, what's the deal here? Horrible game. Uh, they were trailing by... 30 points at, at some of the junctures in the game. And ultimately, I, I think they lost close to something like 30 points. So, you know, not the game I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Maybe maybe they were equally as tired as I was yesterday. So we'll, we'll, we'll let them slide by for now. But anyways, let's move on to the NFL because we have a big weekend coming up, as we already know. Also, we finally have an answer to one of the questions that we've been musing about for weeks now. Uh, that pertains to where Bill Belichick could land after parting ways with the Patriots after 24 seasons. Okay, listen, I say we have an answer. We don't have all the answers, but we have one of them. And that is we know for sure that he will not be going to the Atlanta Falcons, which, by the way, remember, up to this point is the only place that Bill has interviewed so far. And we know this because yesterday the team announced that the Falcons would be hiring Raheem Morris, the former defensive coordinator of the L.A. Rams, to fill their head coaching vacancy. So now the Washington Commanders, Seattle Seahawks, are the only two remaining open jobs. So could one of these two places be Bill Belichick's new home? Is there the potential for him to sit out a year and then come back? Could he go to college football? I don't think that's going to happen. But still, we've got to ask the question. There is lots of question marks surrounding his future and lots of questions surrounding the conference championship games this weekend. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it with a special guest. And now to get more into the conference championships and, of course, an array of many other things, we have OutKick founder Clay Travis, who I hope is doing well on this Friday morning and we're actually taping on Thursday but when you all hear it it's Friday yes I am doing fantastically well Charlie I hope you are too uh, I'm a little bit sad as I always am at the end of football season we got two games on Sunday and then we'll be out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl so I'm excited about that but whenever football season officially leaves the calendar uh, for college football and for the NFL, it's a little bit sad just because the offseason is so long. Oh. And we got a little bit of doldrums until we get into March Madness. So there's always that, like, you know, Dead month zone. or so uh, where, yeah, it's just kind of uh, a little bit dreary. This would be when I did sports full time, I would always leave the week after the week after the Super Bowl, right? You react to the Super Bowl. And then it's that uh, President's Day week or whatever, and uh, everybody who is involved in in uh, covering the NFL or covering football 
always vanishes and typically takes a vacation then. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's on the horizon, but, uh, but obviously I got to go to Australia. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm raring to go. I'll just have to find other things to talk about. I, I was gonna say, so are you, uh, are we going to see you taking another vacation? I mean, in the dead zone. I mean, uh, well, I'm going to be down at the, I'm going to be and... down at the, down at my Florida, uh, Florida place a decent amount, but my kids, uh, you know, they're really the only time I can travel now because my boys, right. uh, 10th grader, seventh grader, third grader, they have so many activities going on that it's hard to kind of corral them and be able to go a place with them when they don't have games scheduled or activity scheduled. Christmas is pretty much it. Uh, even in summer now they got sports to worry about and camps and everything else. So, uh, no, I don't think we've got any major trips scheduled uh, anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, I also forget that, you know, that because I don't have kids yet, I forget you have to factor in children when planning vacations. I'm not at that stage yet. So I just, I just pick no, up and No, you can just gallivant about. You don't need, you only have to worry about yourself. It's a very nice place. I was doing the math on that. I'll have, in one, in a decade, uh, my kids will all be off to co- college so I will wake up in the morning and there will be no chaos in the household. And, uh, and in theory, I could be anywhere in the country, but right now, uh, or the world for that matter. But right now I don't have that luxury. Well, that'll be funny because when I eventually have kids, then I'm going to be getting to the stage where you're going to be off doing whatever you want. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be like, wait a second. That's right. <laughs> Maybe I should have the done math this is, earlier. At the, at the age of 52 or so, I will be completely free. My kids will all be uh, adults, and uh, and who knows what I'll do with all my free time then. Oh, I've, I have a feeling you're going to be just fine figuring out how to spend your free time. I don't I think, think there's I going think, to be a lack of... I think I'll be able of, to handle it. <laughs> you'll be okay. Uh, well, we know how you're going to be spending your time this weekend, obviously watching the conference championships. Uh, four teams remain. Any thoughts ahead of both the NFC and AFC championships? Well, I've been getting massacred gambling, so whatever my thoughts are, people should probably do the (laughs) opposite right now. But um, look, I I think it's hard to not take Patrick Mahomes as a road underdog against the Baltimore Ravens, given what Mahomes and the Chiefs have been capable of uh, in these AFC championship games. This is going to be their sixth straight. Uh, They're used to the pressure. They're used to all of the, the eyeballs up on them. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them. Uh, the Ravens may uh, deal with some uh, some butterflies and discomfort in a way that they have not experienced before because this is the biggest game that Lamar Jackson will have ever played in by far. Uh, and the same is true essentially for, for all of his Baltimore Ravens teammates. And I think ultimately when you've got the modern-day Tom Brady, and I think it's fair to say that Patrick Mahomes is Absolutely. the modern-day Tom Brady given what he's got going on. Uh, I think it's hard to bet against him, so I'd take him plus three and a half. And then in the other game, you know, my wife's family is all from uh, from Michigan, so I've heard about the right. SOL Lions, same old Lions for the whole time that I've been with her, which is which is over twenty years now. So I feel like I've kind of parachuted in a bit into what it's like to be a Lions fan and into the culture of losing that has sort of just uh, completely taken over in that uh, in that area of the country and, and with that fan base. And so to see them win two playoff games this year, which is more playoff wins than they've had going all the way back to the 1950s, and now be poised to potentially advance to a Super Bowl if they could pull off an upset win on the road against the 49ers. I like the Lions plus the seven points. Um, I think at this time, uh, the, the, the house money, uh, no pressure. 
is certainly on the Detroit Lions. Nobody thought that they would be in the NFC Championship game maybe in the next 20 years, much less now. I didn't like the way that the 49ers played uh, against the Packers. Debo Samuel is not 100% healthy. Uh, Jared Goff has been playing fantastically well. This is his opportunity at at redemption after getting traded away by the Rams, who we beat a couple of weeks ago, uh, to have an opportunity to go back to California and send his team back to the Super Bowl. Uh, like they were against the Patriots, whatever it was, four or five years ago. Uh, I like the Lions to keep this game close, make it a field goal-style uh, contest. And so uh, from a gambling perspective, I'm going to take both road underdogs, even though historically the number one seeds have done very well in the last decade, 16-4 and four straight up as the home team winning and 12-8 and eight against the number. So I'm going to get against the last decade of history, uh, but that to me seems where there's uh, value here. Ooh, okay. Well, those are some um those are some great predictions. I just think that there's a lot of people um who hope that you're wrong. And I know I actually know secretly deep down inside you're hoping you're actually going to be wrong about the Chiefs because you put out a tweet. Uh, what at this point yeah, it was true. earlier earlier this week or late last week and you were like god forbid, please, for the love of god, do not Make it so that we have to continually keep talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift all through the Super Bowl. And I know, and I actually commented because I saw you put out this tweet. And I saw the amount of people that were engaging with it so quickly. And I was like, holy crap, this might be one of his most popular (laughs) tweets ever. I mean, I know you've had some good ones in the past, but people feel this. They feel it deep in their bones. They're sick and tired of talking about which is right now, I guess, the NFL's hottest couple. But at some rate, you know, this is what people have been waiting for all year long, football fans. This is Christmas time for football fans. They just want to celebrate without distractions. And truth be told, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have been really nothing but a distraction all season long. Um, Look, so- <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like in general, Charlie, the fact that we have two weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl. Because it means that whatever storylines exist out there get beaten into the ground and you just want to pull your hair out. And it doesn't even matter what they are. It's just you cannot escape them and everybody's talking about it. Now, I will say, and I didn't think about this at the time, if the Detroit Lions advance to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and you had Eminem, who is obviously a monster Chiefs, uh, sorry, Lions fan, and then you had Taylor Swift as a Chiefs fan. That at least balances out maybe the fandom element to this storyline to make it somewhat different. Uh, but uh, but in general, I, I am over the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey relationship story. I really thought the Bills were going to end it when Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown and made his hands into a heart. I was oh just like, God, oh, my yeah. God. I had... I just, I'm terrified. All, that all respect the, the man has the, had for himself is gone. If he, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I totally anticipate that on the field in the post game, he's going to drop to one knee and propose <laughs> to her. I just, I, I, I know this is going to happen, and then uh, it's going to be truly inescapable. Um, and so, yes, I am rooting for the Baltimore Ravens to save us from that uh, awfulness of two weeks of. Uh, updates from Taylor Swift and uh, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, so yes, and I think there's a lot of sports fans out there that uh, that feel the same way. 
um, and uh, and just kind of want the focus to be on the uh, the game itself. Well, I can't even imagine because you know how it is too. Once you get to the Super Bowl City and you're on Radio Row and you have access to all of these different players, uh, many of them, you know, if if it does end up being the Chiefs, will be Chiefs players. And I just, I'm sure even they themselves are so sick of being asked about Taylor Swift because it has been something people have been talking about all season long. And it's not just about the game. It's, oh, Taylor Swift, you know, what's Travis saying? What's Taylor doing? Oh, do you like the attention the Chiefs are getting because of Taylor Swift? They're probably going to be getting a lot of that on Radio Row this year if they do end up making (laughs) it to the Super Bowl. And I'm sure all of them are just fed up to here as well with the, the questioning about, you know, the pop star that now has brought a whole new audience into the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, and it's going to be, you spend a lot of time in Las Vegas. I've spent a decent amount of time, but you're out there all the time. Las Vegas is like my home away from home. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it's pure chaos in Vegas, no matter what. I mean, on a, on a big weekend when there's uh, the Super Bowl going on and people are there to gamble and everything else, I've been fortunate to get to go to what I think is one of the great experiences as a sports fan, which is the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament in Las Vegas. Now, it's taken a little bit of a cachet away because sports gambling is legal in so many states now. So guys and girls can get out and make their wagers and go to sports yeah. bars and, uh, and, and, and whatnot in a casino setting. More places now to gamble on sports than you used to be able to. But I think that's one of the most fun things that a sports fan can do is just kind of marinate in the excess and the awesome and the glitz and the glamour with the NCAA tournament starting. I honestly can't even not even conceive how wild it's already going to be, how celebrity-laden the city of Las Vegas is going to be. I mean, you've been out there a ton. Big fights obviously bring with them a lot of cachet and a lot of uh, celebrity component. I don't think that there's ever going to have been a week or a weekend with more famous people in Las Vegas for an oh, event yeah. than what will be happening this weekend uh, in a couple of weeks in the Super Bowl. And then you layer on top of it, uh, Taylor Swift coming in. Um, I, I just think it's going to be almost impossible to get around and go anywhere. Um, so uh, so I, I yeah, we'll see. I'm excited about it, but I'm also a bit apprehensive about how ridiculous it's going to be. I wonder about ticket prices. You think ticket prices are going to be affected by like, I mean, chiefs are one thing, but yeah, it's a, it's a good question in general, in general, it costs so much, no matter who the teams are, because so many people have on their bucket list. I'm going to go to the super bowl and you know, so much of the super bowl is a corporate crowd. That is, it's not actual fans. Let's say only 25% maybe of a stadium is uh, people who are rooting aggressively for one side or the other. Um, But if the Detroit Lions go, I mean, there's no telling how many Lions fans have spent their whole life saying, I don't care what it costs. If the Lions ever go to the Super Bowl, we're going to be there. We're going to do whatever we have to do to get tickets. Going towards tickets. Sorry, kids, you're not going to college. Daddy is going to the Super Bowl. That's right. That's right. We're we're cashing in college funds to go to the Super Bowl for Lions fans. Chiefs fans are are spoiled. You know, this would be yeah. whatever it is, their fourth or fifth Super Bowl in the last few years. So I think the drive for them is not as high as it would have been traditionally. I would think Ravens fans would travel uh, really well. They haven't been in a long time. And then from San Francisco, the 49ers have such a big national fan base. Uh, and there are so many people that would easily be able, you know this, um, you know, if you're, and I've been in California a lot of times on Sunday, 
the number of people who, for instance, will travel for Raiders games uh, from L.A., for instance, or from San Francisco, hop on planes to jot down to uh, Las Vegas, even for the day. Like, we'll fly in on the morning, we'll go to that game, and then we'll fly back in the evening. And the number of people that would be getting on uh, the road and just driving in from L.A., uh, for a 49er team, because there's a lot of 49er fans in L.A. too. I would think that would make it also super difficult. But I think the Las Vegas Super Bowl is such an event that a lot of guys and, and, and girls looked at the, the Vegas Super Bowl on the calendar five years ago and said, hey, we're putting this on our list of events to go to. I was, I was reading on OutKick, the hotel room costs are uh, just off the charts yeah. for, uh, for so many different hotels. I mean, what I'm paying... To stay at the win, uh, I, I think would make my mom blush. Um, so uh, you know, like uh, the the rates are high, even for crazy Vegas rate uh, heights. So uh, I just can't wait, honestly. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Um, I'm actually going to be out there working UFC the weekend prior. I have Power Slap the Friday leading up to Super Bowl. Obviously, my Outkick show, Outkick the Morning, which you're all watching right now uh, is yes. going to be live from Vegas all week. So, um, you know, a lot going on in Vegas for me personally, which I'm super excited about. Cause I always love to be immersed in the festivities of Super Bowl. I have made it a habit to go to whatever Super Bowl city is hosting for the past. Oh, I don't yeah, know. Last I year we hung out. That was when we were pitching yes. you on, on coming to outkick right in, uh, in Arizona, we went out to dinner, uh, you, me and some we of did. the outkick crew. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is like a little tradition. We'll reunite in Vegas, and next year, where's next year again? Next year is New Orleans, and next New year Orleans. is a Fox Super Bowl again, uh, which oh. will be very cool. I mean, New Orleans is tough to beat just because it'll be a little bit like Vegas, where you can kind of walk everywhere, yeah, uh, which to me are the best Super Bowls. Your hometown of Indianapolis, I thought, Great. had one of the coolest Super Bowls because every, even though the weather was cold, uh, but everything was just you could walk from one hotel to another, it wasn't like you had to get in a car and ride for an hour, which sometimes happens in Miami or L.A., cool cities, but not particularly easy to get around from one event to another. Um, I think both Vegas and New Orleans for the next couple of years will be great because everything will be centrally located at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's move from NFL to, well, you know what? That's out of habit that I just did that. I was going to say let's move from NFL to college football, but really – we're staying in the NFL because Jim Harbaugh is now officially yeah. an NFL coach once again, uh, being named head coach of the Chargers. Uh, that just that news just came down officially yesterday, which was Wednesday. Um, and I don't think anyone's shocked. You know, he's been saying for a couple of years, he's been, you know, kind of casually dropping hints. He's wanting to go to the NFL. And, you know, finally, here we are after, you know, having several, like, kind of, ooh, maybe, maybe, what if, here he uh, ends up signing with the Chargers, and I actually said it on my show earlier, uh, I don't think he could have had a better landing spot, and we've already seen the success that he had in the NFL prior when he was, when he was coaching, I think his record, um, I, I had it earlier, but yeah, it was, it was pretty phenomenal, yeah, look, I mean, uh, he, by he, far he, a winning record yeah. in the four seasons he was there, so I'm excited for him, and I think for a team that's looking to rebuild, uh, this is just a a good fit for both sides. 
Yeah, I think it's a really good choice by him. I mean, you win the national championship, you beat Ohio State three straight yeah. years, three straight Big Ten titles. You're at the absolute apex. A lot of his guys uh, are leaving uh, the the sort of senior leaders uh, that helped to propel Michigan to the level of success that they had. And this opportunity with the Chargers is just too good. The quarterback matters more than the head coach in the NFL. Uh, quarterback takes you from bad or mediocre to good. Um, a, In my opinion, a really good coach in the NFL can take you from good to great. And right now they have a very good quarterback in Justin Herbert with the Chargers that they have not been able to unlock the full potential of because the team mm-hmm. surrounding him has not been adequately uh, coached and led to a point where they can contend for championships. Um, and I think Jim Harbaugh will take the Charger franchise from good to great and Justin Herbert from a what I think is a top 10-ish quarterback into that stratosphere of being a top five quarterback where really the Chargers can compete in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who you know are going to be good every year. Uh, we'll see what happens with the, the Broncos and how they rebuild that franchise going forward. And certainly the Raiders are a work in progress with Antonio Pierce. But I think Jim Harbaugh will be able to get the Chargers into the playoffs in year one and uh, should be a favorite to make the playoffs pretty much every year that they are there as long as Justin Herbert is healthy. Yeah, and I I actually, I love that you mentioned having a coach can take your team from good to great uh, because – yeah. You know, we saw Bill Belichick have tremendous success, not the past couple of years, but uh, historically speaking, uh, greatest coach in NFL history. And now we're still waiting to see what happens with him. Are you hearing anything? Is is there any new rumors that are stirring about of, of where he might yeah, land? It's, I think it's pretty staggering, right? That you would have, to me, Belichick is a good example. Charlie, for years when I did sports talk radio, there were certain topics you could just say, hey, let's have a discussion, open phone lines, and they would be flooded. You know, you could do LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Boom, open phone lines. Everybody's got an opinion. You could do back in the day when I started, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Everybody's got an opinion. Uh, Belichick or Brady, who was more responsible for the Patriot dynasty, was one of those stories for about 15 or 20 years almost. Is it Brady, a system quarterback combined with Belichick was the early question, right? Before Brady's excellence sort of revealed itself. And then that storyline ended because Tom Brady left the Patriots, went year one, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went into the playoffs with the Bucs each of those three years, won his division, and Bill Belichick and the Patriots fell flat on their face. And we're now to the point where it doesn't even seem like any NFL team is interested in Bill Belichick. And yeah. that is uh, that is wild, but I think it epitomizes the, the the reality, which is when Belichick hasn't had Brady, as good of a coach as he is, he's thoroughly average. He's got a losing record in the NFL when Tom Brady is not his quarterback. And I think Bill Belichick's overall reputation would have been far higher if when Tom Brady decided to leave the Patriots, if Belichick had just said, you know what? I've had a lot of success. I'm going to go ahead and retire too. I think everybody would have looked at the resulting failure of the New England Patriots and they would have said, well, 
without Brady and without Belichick, look at what happened. They were the, the secret Patriots sauce. fell flat on their face. And the argument still would have existed. Who was more responsible for the dynasty? But that argument's done now, Charlie. Do it doesn't exist anymore. Do you think that he thinks about that? Do you think that's a thought that crosses his mind? Like, I maybe should have called. I mean, because he's obviously still interested in pursuing another opportunity with another team. So, clearly, he wasn't ready to hang it up then and maybe not ready to hang it up now. But do you think that might cross his mind that, you know, for just in yeah, I, my I, legacy, I think it's interesting, I right? Yeah, I think guys try not to think too much about their legacy, and I would I would bet, I don't know Belichick personally, but I would bet Belichick would say that he loves coaching, and so even though they lost the last three years, I bet there are elements of that job that he still had a lot of fun doing, but uh, when he looks back and he's 82, right, I think he's 72 right now, when he looks back and he's 82, Will he say, hey, if I had just hung it up at 69 years old when Tom Brady left, how much different would my overall legacy be? Um, I I think that's interesting. Also, Charlie, he probably could have gotten a really good job if he had said, you know what, I'm a little bit burned out right now with the way the Patriot dynasty ended with Brady. Let me sit out a year and then go back and look at what opportunities are available in uh, in the NFL marketplace then I think he probably could have gotten a better job and maybe he goes out and he wins. But I think, look, the reality is they they swung and missed on Mac Jones. He didn't pan out like Belichick and the Patriots hoped that he would. And the point earlier that I made, you can't fake uh, a, a good quarterback. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're going to get run, particularly in the AFC, which is just stocked with mm-hmm. so many really good young quarterbacks. You can't fake your way past them without an elite uh, signal caller. Yeah, and I was just reading, you know, and I it's tough to say, like, what's true and what's not, but there's some understanding that Bill Belichick's a little bit paranoid about the options that he might have as far as coaching. And he's yeah. only interviewed with the Falcons so far, and one of the reasons being is because he doesn't want to coach a team in a major market. Like, he doesn't want that type of attention on him. I think, like, he's looking for maybe a a locale with less distractions, perhaps. And then, of course, there's the chain of command that he's worried about. You know, he doesn't want to have to answer to somebody that he doesn't feel maybe is up to his standard or someone that fits his vision, um, which is something else he's been struggling with, even when you look at the Falcons. No, I think that certainly it's partly control. If you're 72 years old and arguably the winningest, I think he's second winning, uh, winningest NFL coach of all time, do you want, I mean, I'm just talking as if I were Belichick, do I want a 32-year-old, uh, you know, uh, somebody yeah, in, a, in, a, in an office telling me that I can't sign a player that I think is really good uh, or telling me that they don't know about the valuation that I'm putting on a player when it comes to trying to get a contract done? Um I, I think that Belichick would be a little bit like Saban in that he believes he's good at all the different facets of uh, what it takes to win in the NFL. And so, I mean, even the idea, I was talking about this with the the hot mic guys yesterday. I mm-hmm. mean, Charlie, uh, what do they need to interview Belichick for? Uh, and, the, and the analogy yeah. I was making is, you know, if you are, if I were making a movie, and Tom Cruise or Denzel Washington were interested in being in my movie, 
I wouldn't be like, hey, okay, we need You're you to maybe. come in I'm gonna, and I'm audition. Consider my can, option. Yeah, can you read these? Can you read these eight pages so I can get a sense for how you might do in the role? It's like, no. <laughs> I mean, Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington would legitimately be able to say, you know what my resume is? It's the last 30 years of my movies. I am a badass. If I want to do this movie, I'll do this movie and I'll kill it for you. And you know, what are the conversations like with Belichick and uh, and with anybody in the Falcons, Brass, or anywhere else? It's like, my resume is, I know exactly what I'm doing. I've coached more NFL games than almost any person who is alive today. I've won more than almost anyone who has ever been alive in the history of pro football. What is the conversation surrounding me being your head coach actually entail um, yeah. it doesn't, uh, it, it just doesn't. And now I do think that a situation like the Cowboys would have made more sense to me for Belichick because you have an established quarterback. Uh, and it goes to my question again of good to great. Maybe Herbert would have made more sense for, uh, for Belichick too. My biggest issue with the Falcons is not who they choose as quarterback. It's that Desmond Ritter doesn't seem to be the answer at quarterback for them long-term. And so are they going back into the draft now with what is going to be a pretty stocked first round of quarterbacks and potentially going to go try to find another quarterback? If they're doing that, does it make sense to be building another young quarterback? We just saw how Mac Jones and, and Bill Belichick went. Does it make sense to be building another uh, young quarterback with a 72-year-old head coach? Those are the questions that would make yeah. uh, make me kind of give pause. It's not what do I need to have a conversation with Bill Belichick about, about X's and O's or what he thinks a particular defense should look or like or how to manage a team. Okay. So finally, you know, we talk about looks, something that you can't choose. Uh, but there's a reason why we have the most beautiful women, generally speaking, <laughs> gracing the cover yeah. of the biggest magazines in the world. You know, not to, you know, to my own horn over here. Uh, no, but Sports Illustrated, let's talk about it. They just fired their whole staff. They're in the, you know, the waves of laying off lots of people and then there's going to be more layoffs. They're letting go of everybody because they have learned the tough lesson that we've seen so many corporations learn over the past couple of years and that's go woke, go broke. Uh, we've seen an obese woman grace the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit, generally reserved for the most fit and trim of women. And then we saw a man on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swim, uh, which, again, generally reserved for women. Uh, I know you have a strong stance on this, and I'm just I'm just giving you the floor to go off here. Well, look, uh, I know uh, men and boys, I think, pretty well, and what men and boys like, right? Um, and attractive women yeah. uh, are at the very top of what men and boys typically like. And so... Um, I'm staggered in general. I mean, look, sex sells and it's always sold throughout human history. I mean, uh, it, it, the, one of the probably the most famous story um, that we have descended to us today from ancient times is about uh, uh, the, the, the Battle of Troy. Right. Um, and, and what happened there? How did the battle? How did how did the battle there start? How did the Iliad come to be? Uh, a really incredibly beautiful woman got kidnapped and they went to try to get her back. 
Um, and uh, Helen of Troy had said to be at the time the most beautiful woman in the world, and uh, and and so a whole war got started over who was going to uh, to 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 be able to 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 have her with them. Um, look, I mean, r- regardless of how religious people are, uh, King David. Uh, for people who rem- there's some pretty racy elements of the Bible for those of us who uh, who remember some of that from uh, from Sunday school um, and and maybe still I mean King David looks out from uh, the top of his uh, of his palace and sees a smoking hot girl taking a bath uh, Bathsheba um, and uh, and Charlie he put her husband on the front lines of battle so he would get killed so he could sleep with her. Um, that's a, that's a pretty dark move by King David back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that's, that's, um, so, that's very aggressive. Uh, what um, What is one of the Ten Commandments? Uh, Thou shalt not covet another man's wife, something like that. Um, so, I mean, look, uh, these are uh, these are sort of universal things that, uh, that, that people are attracted to. And what I look at is... Um, I, I think I said in my uh, my rant, and I my wife uh, just really loves this idea. But because um, I was talking with our boys recently at dinner, I was like, "Look," and the boys are you know they're young, so they're just now starting to begin be adolescent and recognize some of this stuff. I said, "Boys, if it weren't for pretty girls, we'd all still live in caves." Um, you know, every <laughs> man on the planet achieves success on some level so that he can end up with a uh, more attractive mate, more attractive spouse, uh, uh, more attractive uh, partner to have children with than he would otherwise uh, succeed. That's how human biology and evolutionary biology works. And by the way, women are attracted to men who have greater degrees of success uh, than the average man because their kids are going to have more opportunities and a greater chance to survive and a greater chance to thrive. It is literally the foundation of human life. All right. So um, the idea that point. Sports Illustrated decided, the idea that Sports Illustrated, Charlie, decided, and I've seen this happen not only with Sports Illustrated, but with beer companies and with lingerie companies and everything else, that they were going to sell um, female attractiveness using men who are pretending to be female and people also who are not in good physical condition Look, I'm not the the, the most uh, physically uh, fit person on the planet, but every human aspires to be a better version of themselves than they are. And the more you aspire to that and the harder you work to that, the better success you have. I mean, take it outside of, uh, of, of good-looking hot women on the cover of magazines for a minute, Charlie. There aren't fat, unattractive superheroes you come from the world of the UFC and the WWE, but let's use WWE for an example. The men who are by and large superstars in the WWE are super ripped that everyone aspires to are bigger, stronger, faster than the average man. Men, the Superman is not 5'2", 108 pounds, right? Like, Men aspire to be bigger, stronger, faster versions of themselves to an alpha version of masculinity. That's why athletics in general is popular. And this is part of, I think, the entire history of human nature is probably why back in the day, remember, the original Olympic Games were all done in the nude because people would look at these super ripped guys and they wanted to be able to see their complete bodies when it was all male, right? Kind of, kind of a little bit uh, homoerotic, but uh, it's, yeah. it's aspirational, I think, on some level for men. 
women also aspire to look better than they are. Uh, you would know this better than me, but women typically, when we go to the Super Bowl and we go out to uh, a fancy party, women typically are not dressing for men. They're dressing for other women. Um, and uh, and they take note of the way <laughs> that so other true. women are dressed in a way that men don't. Like, we miss a lot. Like, I, my wife, you know, like, I sometimes make a joke. I'm like, oh, wow, your shoes happen to match your jacket or something. Like, I would not have, like, I'm, you know, if I do that, it's a total accident. Um, I haven't ever thought about it. My wife doesn't dress for me. Uh, she dresses because other women are going to see what she's wearing and like what she's wearing. Like, men, um, now, if men like it also as a side note, that's also a positive. But my point on that is everyone aspires to be a better version of themselves. No one who is overweight is happy truly being overweight. That's now all the we govney or uh, uh, all the, you know, all the shots that people are taking. Um, and, and so I, I just look at it and I say to destroy brands by selling things that people don't actually want, want. And everybody knows it, right? Like the CEOs of all of these companies, you know what they don't have? Trans wives. You know what they don't have? 450-pound wives. Like, it, it, they're doing the opposite in their own private lives from what they claim that people want in, uh, in reality. Yeah, and I just point. look at it, and, and I think to myself, how can you be so insanely dumb uh, to be destroying the underlying brand that people have spent decades, whether it's Bud Light, whether it's Sports Illustrated, whether it's Victoria's Secret, um, you know, Foot, men are not complicated. Give us football and good-looking girls, and we'll be likely to drink your beer like back in the old Coors Light commercials. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I've told you this. No, before. it's the DEI scores, the ESG. It's the all the stuff that doesn't you it's know. All, that it's ultimately all BS. Look, I yeah. watched I watched the Victoria's Secret fashion show a few years ago. A hundred percent truth. And uh, this is probably like I don't know six seven years ago. Charlie, I went out and bought $200 worth of lingerie for my wife at Victoria's right. Secret after I watched the Victoria's Secret lingerie show because I thought, I want to see my wife in all of these <laughs> things that these gorgeous women had on. Now, my wife's, I, I'm pretty confident, super hot. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with her. But I saw that and I thought, wow, I want to see her. She's going to look amazing right. in these two. If I had seen a bunch of fat chicks walking <laughs> in a Victoria's Secret fashion show... I you don't, don't want your wife I having any have thought, I wouldn't have thought, oh, my wife would look amazing in this. And I certainly wouldn't have even watched the show, right? Yeah, so right. Um, and the same thing with, with SI, um, have the most beautiful women in the world, in the magazine, wearing sexy uh, bathing suits. There are a lot of boys out there, Charlie, that became men when the SI swimsuit issue arrived in the family mailbox. They didn't know how much they liked girls till they started to turn pages and suddenly thought to themselves, oh, wow, I oh, really wait. like these girls. Um, I, I maybe, maybe I'm starting to become a man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to grow some hair under my uh, armpits. Um, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of people who uh, realize that they like girls uh, because of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and the branding on it and everything else. But just don't sell me a lie. Just don't sell me yeah. a lie, and we get sold, I think, more lies in today's society than at any point uh, in uh, in modern American history. 
Well, we've seen a lot of companies reverse course. Uh, Victoria's Secret going back to being sexy. Uh, we've seen Bud Light, you know, partner with UFC, trying to get back to that traditional, like, very masculine undertone of their yes. branding. And uh, I have no doubt that Sports Illustrated, upon rehiring, I mean, I imagine the magazine or the at least the brand isn't going anywhere. They're probably going to bring on a whole new breed of people to work under that umbrella. But I do know one thing, Sports Illustrated usually throws a pretty good party during Super Bowl week. So it'll be interesting to see. I guess they're still throwing a party, Clay. I don't know. But if they do, if what they that throw, looks If like. they throw a party, if I'm anywhere near it, will they tackle me? Will they arrest me if I uh, <laughs> even attempt to uh, to appear at that party? In, in all honesty, we're doing due diligence. There are a lot of people working on it to see whether they're going to sell that company. Um, I'm not sure what the valuation is going to be pegged on it or what the finances will look like. There are people who are way more skilled than me when it comes to uh, – uh, to the business side of, uh, of of running numbers and figuring out how to monetize the best content. There aren't very many people who are better than me, I don't think, at branding and getting attention and cutting through the noise. So maybe, maybe I can save Sports Illustrated from itself, Charlie, and just bring back hot chicks and, uh, and excellence and meritocracy to uh, a magazine that was initially designed to convey and cover uh, – uh, sporting excellence. Well, if you are looking for someone to sit on your board to relay any opinions <laughs> as it deals with who should and should not be featured on the cover of swimsuit, you know, sports illustrated swimsuit edition, I'm happy uh, to do that for you. But you know, in any, in any sense, also I'll see you in Vegas. And if you need a bodyguard, when you enter into the sports illustrated party, I, I'm happy to lend my services. <laughs> I appreciate it. I may need it. Uh, we may need a cadre of bodyguards for that purposes. Charlie, keep up oh. the good work. I'll see you, uh, what, two weeks? See you in Vegas. All right. Sounds good. Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Well, that was fun. And now I am so excited to see what happens this weekend. We'll be glued to my television for these playoff games. And I know that Clay mentioned he has faith in the Chiefs, despite not wanting that to be the outcome. I'm going to go the other way. I think that the Ravens are so good on defense and they're going to get the job done. And, and it will do us all a favor because, listen, nothing against the Chiefs. I'm sorry to do this to you, but I don't want to deal with Travis and Taylor storylines for the next couple of weeks, like we've all said before. Although I will say, I have a feeling that even if the Chiefs are knocked out, we are still going to see Travis and Taylor all over the place in Las Vegas. Maybe even more so, because obviously Travis is not going to be working. He's going to be off the hook. So parties, events, we're going to see them all over the place. So uh, the red carpet will certainly be laid out for the NFL's hottest couple. Uh, really in either way. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still pulling for the Ravens. As far as the NFC game, I think the Niners are ultimately going to get to the Super Bowl. But if I'm wrong about that and it ends up being the Lions, I will not be mad. That is such a good story. Lions fans deserve this. They have been waiting, some people, their entire lifetimes to see the Lions even in the playoffs and obviously uh, going to the Super Bowl. That's just a whole different story. So I'm excited to see what happens. We know the stakes are high. So everybody, make sure you're tuning in Monday where we obviously are going to be talking about the outcomes and what it means for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So until then, everybody have a fantastic weekend. 
Enjoy the games. Follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. And that will do it for today's show. Have a good one. And I will see you on Monday.